Guys, welcome to Fitness Business Secrets. Got a very special guest today, my friend Ryan. We're going to be covering why you should be running a free Facebook group. Ryan has taught me so much about Facebook groups, probably like directly over the last couple of months for sure. And then indirectly, um, I've kind of seen you around the traps for the last couple of years. So mate, thank you so much. We've implemented a lot of your strategies in our free group um, and it's uh, helped our business grow absolutely massively. Um, but mate, for the people like it's your first time on the episode, if they've never met you, what's a, like a little bit about your your backstory um, and how you got here today? Yeah, dude. Um, how I got here today was, um, well, first of all, for those for those who have maybe never come across me before or, or my wife or like what we do or anything like that, um, I'm just a, a half Aussie, half Sri Lankan uh, dude working it out as we go and that happens to be over the last half a decade in the coaching space uh formally you know if you were to say so um yep. from uh you know selling my first online course for you know 197 dollars uh to now you know hanging out with people masterminding in person uh, we just did our first international uh vip mastermind last year in thailand which we were just jamming on ago. um but the journey has been uh, long and it has been up and down. Um, but I also, I don't know if I shared this with you. I was a personal trainer. Um, oh, over, really? Over a decade ago <laughs> myself, which uh, pe- people probably aren't like assuming by the, the size of the guns, but um, that was one of the first things I stepped into out of school uh, and cut my teeth in like the sales industry. We actually did uh, cold sales, walking the streets, walking into real estate agents and the like uh, to drum up yep. leads, conversations, and then get people into the gym. So pretty interesting it's, sort of backstory to where we are now. It's it's still a great way to grow, like cold outreach. It's just hard to do. So um, we used to do the same in the gyms. I remember we used to have like 150 flyers and would just like walk into every business and then would go into the mall. Um, yep. as well and hand them out until we got Dude. kicked out and it works it's just we, like yeah we yeah. had mob stands yeah <laughs> and it was like it was like the thing that i didn't want to do the most but there's no way um that you grow as quickly as you can then getting thrown in the deep end um handing out flies in a mall getting people to do push-ups or doing them yourself in front of people uh yeah we learned a lot in those days or i did anyway if you can sell in those environments, you can you can sell anywhere because, you know, going out and reaching out to someone, trying to get them to sign up, or if like in comparison to someone calling you a consult, you're just like, this is too easy. It's a good way to cut your teeth in sales, doing it really hard at the start. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, though. Let's just put it that way. And, and mate, did you grow up, grow up in Sri Lanka or grew up in Australia? How did that? No, I'm a, I'm a fake Sri Lankan, totally born okay. here. Yeah, born here, um, lived all over the place here, including even over in New Zealand. The only time I've been back to Sri Lanka was when I was looking to further my career in cricket and I wanted to play. Yeah, I wanted to play against. I've actually got that stress cricket ball here that I like squeeze on my desk. Um, Mm. But I wanted to play for Australia. And so my sights were set on that from a young age um, and played in Sri Lanka in 2006. Um, that would have been amazing. Won a couple, but got flogged as well. Mm. So, mate, when I was a kid, I used to obsess about cricket, and I've I've always been I've been trying to beg my wife to go to Sri Lanka because I used to love Sunat Jayasuriya. Like, oh. I when I was a kid, like so he was just everything to me. Like, I was a left hander as well, 
Um, we could have a full podcast just about that, dude. He's and I reckon you're going to lose like 99% <laughs> of listeners as we talk more about Yeah, this. I know. Um, but, mate, for the guys, so, you know, a lot of people would, like, they know what a Facebook group is. They would have been in them. Some people would be running groups doing well, some running them not doing well, others, you know, not even thinking about, you know, starting them. It might not be on their right radar. Why do you think as a business owner, um, it is a wise group to use Facebook Facebook groups to generate more leads and interest? Yeah, I can summarize it pretty quickly and then I'll give you the backstory as to how I came to that um, realization. And the single word is that it builds rapport quicker than any other platform I've ever seen. And rapport, you know, is the, the lifeblood of all sales. Um, it's the person that trusts you, that like is following you. They know what your hobbies are. Um, they're looking for a solution to their problem and they think that you're the person that can solve it for them. That's what you can achieve inside of a Facebook group. And so, dude, for me, I remember in 1999, I don't know where you were or what you were doing or the listeners, but I remember when I first got introduced to like MSN chat and it was, yeah, my, yeah. First, it was my first taste of like a conversation over here with me with somebody I couldn't see their face, they were on the other side of the world and we were communicating somehow, you know, in these chat rooms. And I was like, this is just mind-blowing. What's going on right now? And from that version, it went to MySpace. Yeah, I used to love MySpace. You used to love it. And I don't know, were you the same? Like when Facebook came around, I didn't want to hear a word about Facebook. I was like, no. ages, I didn't want to get on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yep. people are probably the same listening in. And so it was Facebook and then it was YouTube right. and then it was Instagram and then it was Snapchat. I avoided Snapchat. Uh, I didn't get know, on that. There's all it's the like me things. on TikTok now. I want to get on, but I just couldn't be bothered because I love Facebook. <laughs> um, you probably just have someone else run TikTok for you, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But across all of those, like I've built communities, I've built followings, I've built pages, you know, all of the things. Even email, if we go like, you know, old school and it's still crushing today, nothing has had the ability like a Facebook group to build rapport with your audience than that. Um, and the reason I think uh, or I've like distilled it down to is because it's a, it's a three-way conversation. You know, if you look at Instagram, it's a one or two-way conversation. It's you and the person that you're talking to. It's very rarely peer-to-peer interaction, which is what you get inside of a Facebook group. You don't get that via email. You don't get that on a Facebook page. People just leave their own comment and they disappear. So yep. that's why Facebook groups have been so effective for us, but then all of our clients as well. Um and especially in the fitness industry, we've had tons of fitness clients come through as well. It's just a great place. And that's a B2C environment. So you also then don't have the sophistication, so to speak, of you know businesses competing for other businesses. It's you and your audience. You can build a true following of people um, that, you know, as cliche as it is, know, like, and trust you. Yeah, it's quite amazing when they start to work. And I I'm involved in a lot of Facebook groups and you know, I just love the buying cycle. Like when I kind of start them in a group, you kind of suss them out a bit and then you get a little bit of sell by chat. Um, but usually in most of the kind of high ticket sales I have made off a group, it's been kind of like take my money kind of call. Um, you kind of like pretty much pre-sold. So you get like a very, very highest quality of, of leads off the back of it generally. 
But um, but you actually had a client in fitness named named Haley who got a, a pretty good result, right? Yeah, we've had a few. Haley's um, she's pretty cool. She hangs out over in Canada, so you know, very different to what how we do things over here. Um, I think they're buried in snow right now. But um, Haley helps women with their health and fitness and yep. um, specific age group and you know uh, results and all all of the bits and pieces that come with it. She's she's niched right down, but. With her group, she had, you know, a couple of thousand or just under a couple of thousand people in there, but really not converting from the group um, when we first started working together. And her goal was to be hitting, you know, just 10K monthly recurring revenue. You know, start of the month, yep. she knew that that would be coming in. Um, so things were sort of just just rolling along, um, surviving rather than thriving um, when we first started working together. And there was sort of like three things that she put in place to get that group firing again. Um, she got her sell-by chat down um, yep. where just processing how a conversation flow should look like to appease the prospect, build relationship with them, and then also provide them with that solution or next step. Um, she ran what we call a supreme sales campaign. And that's essentially sort of a two-step process inside of your group where you present some ideas of things that your audience may want help with, which ultimately supersedes the offer that you have um, that you deliver for clients, right? Yes. So she warmed up her audience generated huge interest, converted via sell by chat. Um, and the the third thing was probably the follow-up and the outreach as well. So most people you and I know are letting leads slip through the cracks because it's all about the next rather than the now, the lead that you've yep. already got. And yeah. so they were the three big things that turned it around for her. Uh, October was 24K. She's hit a 10K monthly recurring rev since then. And um, she's a very happy woman. It's absolutely incredible. And do you see um, see that a lot? Like when you're coaching with people, do you initially focus on getting the sell by chat, right? Or, you know, and I know not every client's the same, but what would be the rough flow if someone wanted to do really well yeah. um, from a group, if they just had to implement two to three things or build skills over the next eight to 12 weeks, where would you kind of generally direct most people? Yeah, good question. The first thing would be a basic setup of the group just to make sure that, uh, and you would know this, you know, like the first thing that people will be presented with when they join a group is entry questions. It's a great way to generate leads and also um, do market research on your audience and build your email list. So that would just be number one. We've got to get that right. Also got to get a cadence for content that works yep. inside of your group. Um, so there's sort of like some first steps. Everything comes down to your offer ultimately and making sure that you're selling the thing that your prospects want rather than the thing that they need. And so creating an offer that's desirable um, and the messaging around that is step number two that we'll run people through and then getting them to test that with that supreme sales campaign, which is yeah. effectively putting out uh, something in front of people to see if they want it. Um, before we get into looking at sell by chat, which is your scripting for things. So that that side of messaging comes a little bit later yeah. Um, before we dial that in. And uh, and guys, I've seen the Supreme offer. Ryan, I'm scared to run it in our business. Like at the moment, we kind of like don't need the sales, but I've seen <laughs> the training and I've seen the results. And if you can ever get anywhere near Ryan and get that Supreme offer, 
I have absolutely no doubt that this thing is an absolute savage in terms of getting sales. But I just want to ask you a question is um, like, I love marketing, like all things marketing, especially groups. Now, you know, each different like mentor has their own particular content cadence. Some people post every day, a couple of people post a couple of times a week. Yeah. Um, in terms of the content cadence, do you have any beliefs um, around that that you've kind of seen in terms of how often should people should be posting and things like that? Um, I believe people should post with what they can keep up with. I think that that's gold. The, the biggest so blocker for people where content overwhelm sort of flashes up is that they want to be doing more than they can currently handle. Yep. And so they see the guy out there who's posting seven times a day thinking that's where I should be if my business wants to get to that level. And that holds them back from starting posting one thing quality a week. Guys, that's like the most amazing insight. Make sure you have written that down because it's so common. And mate, I remember when I was first starting as a coach, I really, do you like Gary Vee? Yeah, it's funny. I, and, yeah, I do. Yeah, I used to follow man. him. Quite a lot. I love Gary Vee. And, and when I first started being a consultant, I was like, he's like post six times on, a day on Instagram. And I started doing it. And it it was tiring to say the least. It was really, really difficult. And I beat myself up about it when, you know, now we're so blessed to produce hundreds of pieces of content a week. But what you don't, a lot of people don't understand is behind every brand, there's probably five, a couple of video editors, graphic designers, people who actually post, the copywriters. Um, So it takes a lot of work and teams. So just being able to keep a cadence that you can keep up with, you know, and do generally recommend go like select a cadence and do it for X amount of time and then adjust like how do you kind of coach people on that that content cadence yeah i think um most people understand like a minimum viable product you know getting something together that you can understand conceptually and get it to market it's the same with content you know i call it minimum viable content if for you starting starting that process is just like one piece of quality content into or onto the you know online space per week let's just start there instead of aiming for five and hitting three right so just starting and building um and that's different for everybody because some people are are running two jobs you know plus trying to build a business some people have got five kids you know and don't have time and space to sit down and create copy and film video and that sort of thing so start with what you can and build upon that and build upon it by the feedback that the market gives you if the market isn't giving you the feedback on the one piece of content you're putting out per week, don't just repeat that piece of content, right? Yep. Look for yep. new ways to get more market feedback before you start expanding. And and in terms of the the market feedback, is that um I I, I saw you post once that um that comments are the currency um in a in a Facebook group. Is that like a by how much people are actually engaging in the post? Is that what they're kind of looking for for, for a small success metric? Yeah, the reason why I say that comments are the currency of Facebook is because that's how the algorithm is built. Facebook will show your content to more people based on the comments coming in on it. It tells them that, hey, someone is talking about this post, therefore more people should see it. So yep. your post will drop to the bottom of newsfeed um, quicker than lightning if it doesn't receive comments in a certain time span. But every comment that it receives, Facebook starts to push that out to more people. What most group owners don't understand about their group is even if they drop a comment on a post themselves, it will propagate that post back to the top of the newsfeed. 
So you've got more chance of your members seeing it. But the caveat is that you don't want to be the only one commenting on it. So the copy, <laughs> the piece of co- content needs to be good, right? Yeah, having a conversation with yourself. And guys, but before, um, you know, I kind of got right on, we're having a chat um, in Facebook just about a couple of things that he really wanted to cover. And um, he, ha- he kind of tried to surmise into three points. Um, people um, won't care. Um, how much uh, you know until they know how much you care. Conversations happen, uh, conversions happen in conversations and knowing your metrics. And I, I can't wait for point three, knowing your metrics. Um, but mate, with all of your extensive experience, both personally in groups and helping hundreds of people dominate with their group, um, why did you kind of settle on on point one being um, people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Because I think so many people are pushing someone to buy something right now i mean it's been that way for all time right but in an online environment the levels of which people are getting pushed pulled and all sorts crazy. of things it's crazy it's crazy mm. so people are just and we were we were talking with we had we caught up and had breakfast with a client um melinda on saturday um down at kira beach and we we're just saying you know uh, talking about sort of how we got in touch in the first place and i said to her you know why was it you know those years ago that you came back to us versus somebody else to help you with some of these specific things. And she said, you know what it was? She said, I said that I wasn't ready yet. And you asked, cool, when would be an ideal time? And she said in a couple of months in February. Yep. And she said, the reason why I came back to you was because you didn't bug me and, uh, and chase me down in between that period. You waited until I was ready. And that was perfect, you know, in a marketplace where other people would just be chomping at the bit to sign the client, take the cash and, you know, move forward. We give people the time and space. And so that's where it comes back to. It's like, do you really care about the person that you're wanting to serve and the legacy you're looking to leave? Or are you just looking for a quick buck? And I think as well, like with a with a group from what I've seen, I mean, in hundreds of them over the years is you can tell the group's who every post is about some type of sale or some type of extraction. Um, and the groups that I spend the most time in, um, for the majority of it, you could like watch their content, read everything and get a really amazing result in your business without paying them a cent. But that's exactly why you go to them um, because quite often they've helped you a little bit, um, give you some a bit of results in advance and they've shown that extreme, extreme value. Is that kind of like um, similar principles that, that, that you coach on? Yeah, 100%. I think um, people can, though, on the flip side, get trapped between or on the other side of that where they just give. Um, and there's there's differing opinions on this, right? So when we first, we switched niche um, four or so years ago and started working with entrepreneurs and then we, we boiled it down to working with uh, business coaches for the most part, people that help others uh, in the space. And so... In the early days, I knew that if I just gave my best stuff away, it would attract the right people that got results and wanted to work with me further than the stage that they got to for the for free, right? However, people can get trapped in a space of just giving away absolutely everything, you know, of the kingdom behind the closed doors. And that's not a business model that works ultimately either. So you do need to balance it. Speaking about Gary V, right? He's got his book, um, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Good book, yeah. Be great. Yeah, which is which is about learning to give 
in proportion to the ask that you're willing to make as well or needing to make. So it is a balance, but you've got to test it's, that as well. It's, it's an art form, isn't it? It's 100%. something I always kind of think about is, you know, adding as much value as you can, but, you know, making sure you're extracting it somewhat so you, you know, grow your business and things like that. It's um, it's something I think about a lot. I'm sure, you know, a lot of business owners do as well, especially if you're running a group or, or doing some pretty heavy organic marketing. Yeah. And if people can, if people are better off, should I say, from hanging out in your community, the value can come from a, a number of different places. The value might not necessarily come from the thing that you're sharing or posting, for for example. The value might come from the community itself that you've built that learns to support each other. So there are different ways that people can receive or perceive value. They don't yeah. have to just come from you sharing the inside of your content portal with all of your tips, tricks, tools, and the rest. Yeah. And, mate, you were saying how, like, conversions um, happen in, in conversations. So obviously a big part of um, Facebook groups. Just, can I ask you just one question before we dive into it? In yeah. in like groups I've seen, I can't remember ever purchasing something myself without going through a sell by chat process. Or can you can you close sales without sell by chat? Or is this conversation part like absolutely integral in the whole you know flywheel we're building here? Yeah, it's um it's a balance. It depends on your authority in the marketplace right and yeah, so i guess if, if elon musk you know put a ten thousand dollar course in a group and it was actually him he would move it pretty well totally. i reckon <laughs> yeah, totally. and i mean you can look at somebody like sam ovens um yep. track record thousands of students lives changed um got everything to speak for it you know he can put out something that people will just purchase from a link Right. Yep. It may not it may not be his quantum mastermind, although he probably would get sales just from doing that, but he'll have a qualifying process that they need to go through. Um, but it really depends. What's your authority in the marketplace? Uh, do you have a true fan base of people that do know, like, and trust you? If that's the case, you can probably test the waters on, hey, signing up to my thing, and here's the link. However, it's not the way that most people are, are buying in a high ticket space or in a personal coaching relationship. Um, so that's yeah. why that's why a, a chat process or a call process um, is in place so that you can vet people, number one, find out, make sure that you're interviewing them as the right kind of client that you want, uh, and two, so that they can learn that you've got a strategy uh, that's going to help them. I mean, with all the conversions happening in the conversations, um, have you ever noticed a, like maybe one or two mistakes that are really, really common um, that people do in this sell by chat framework that actually, you know, gets them less sales than what they're, what they're looking for? Totally. There's a, where do we start? Um, conversations going too long, oversharing, yep. providing too much value, um, not, show, not showcasing enough authority in a chat. Um, not responding quick enough. Uh, recency is a, is a big yeah. one. Um, forgetting to follow up, like so many inside it's, of a chat that can it's, go. It's shape. tough on on Facebook. Like you know, when we have chats, do you have like any tools or anything that you use to follow up? Or are you using any like chat, like Pepper or anything like that? Or you just yeah, we use good a memory. software called Flowchat. No, definitely not my Flowchat. <laughs> 
<laughs> but on on memory, here is a thing. Here is a thing that I'll challenge everybody listening uh, that has a Facebook group or an audience. You should, without a shadow of a doubt, be able to keep some form of track record of three hundred to five hundred people, right? And if you think that's too much, you need to stretch what you believe to be true, right? Because you can, if you put effort into it. Just know on a first name basis where that person is, you know, what they're doing, what they're helping people with. And I bet you, if you start to take each person personally, you will see far more conversion in your conversations than you are right now. Yeah. I love how like much you actually care, right? Is you can really trail with a couple of things you've said about, you know, not pushing sales and things like that. You're very like human centric person, um, which is absolutely amazing. It's probably why your energy is just like so infectious. And as we, as we move through to the metrics, mate, I harp on over and over and over about like business KPIs and things like that to my guys. Um, there's a story a bit different. We lost 50 members in our gym over a three-month period, a couple of mistakes we made. And I thought it was a lead gen issue because um, we weren't even tracking KPIs. We had like 500 members in our gym. So really big fan of metrics because I've been absolutely sizzled in the past from not tracking them. Yeah. But just in terms of a, of a group, um, so they're running a group, is why do you think um, there's like magic in the metrics? Um, and, and what kind of um, should they be, what should they be looking at tracking, my friend? Um, let me answer that in a second. When you said you've been sizzled in the past, it made me go back to about 2015, 16. Um, crazy. We had a, uh, uh, or I had a, like a lifestyle brand business where we manuf- we designed, manufactured uh, sunglasses and eyewear and a, a bunch of things. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was cool. Um, these were going all around the world. And at that point in time, we were deciding whether we fill up a storehouse full of stock or we keep the online, the lean mean model where, you know, it's almost made to order and that way we can facilitate growth, et cetera. I had a business partner at the time too. And um, at that point in time, you know, we hadn't built a, a, a partnership agreement, uh, rule number Been one. <laughs> we, hadn't built, we hadn't built an end game. What are we aiming to achieve out of this? And where do we, you know, um, call it quits? And so we came to a head, both wanting different things, which was totally cool. Um, but talking about the metrics, when things, when push came to shove, I was the one that handled all the numbers. And so I had spreadsheets on spreadsheets and I knew what was coming in, what was going out, all those things. So when it came to valuing the, the company, I knew exactly what it was worth, uh, but the other party didn't. And so the ball was in my court because I knew the numbers. And so this point number three, Uh, which is know your numbers, otherwise your numbers won't want to know you, is so important because in this space, there's literally one metric that will just change everybody's business. And the magic metric is knowing the amount of offers made that you need to make in order to bring in sales for the business you want to grow. So it's how many offers do I need to make on a yearly basis on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis for me to hit the targets and the goals that I need. So when it comes to a group or social media, like we're talking groups here, but it's like email, it's Instagram, it's Twitter, whatever your thing is. Top of funnel is content. So we talked about content. What's your cadence that you need to, you know, put out in terms of that's going to generate new connections. Then secondly, uh, hands raised. So people just saying, hey, I want to hear more about that thing so that we can get into chat conversations. The final two metrics there 
are then once we've got a chat open, offers made, and then deals closed. Yeah. So it's content, it's connections, it's hands raised, it's offers made, it's clients closed. And the sixth and final piece is follow-ups. How many people are we following up on the back of those things to make sure no leads fall through the cracks and everybody gets served? I love it, guys. Your metrics are so important. You've got to be tracking metrics in any business um, as business activity, but especially anything that's ma- uh, sales and marketing related. Um, it's just so I- incredibly important to be able to track your ROI. Um, and my and my friend, where would be the best place for the guys to kind of connect with you and, and reach out um, if if they wanted to learn about what you do a little bit further? Dude, um, pretty simple. Come and hang out on on Facebook of all places. Um, Find me, add me as a friend, Ryan Bowles. And then we've got our free Facebook group as well called Six Figure Coaches. And we've got a it's bunch good of- good group, guys. It's a good group. Yeah. Easy. My friend, thank you so much um, for jumping on. I really, really appreciate it. I had an absolute barrel of laughs. If you uh, ever want to come back on, um, we'd love to have you back on another episode. Um, thank you for taking the time to jump on. Mate, appreciate it. And uh, let's do it again.